Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, you know, we've had some great episodes and I've had a lot of uh, emails responses to the episodes and i really appreciate that I, I try to bring guests that you may not know sometimes but that will open up kind of uh maybe you can relate to some of the things they're saying maybe some of it helps you uh things that i find interesting and uh i just want to it's sort, sort of about humanity hmm. you know how people evolve and and where they come from and um, how they tick and how they deal with loss and all these things. And, and I, I really am enjoying the podcast more than I have ever because I think I'm really just more relaxed now. The learning curve is over, folks. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a professional interviewer here. And uh, I will say that. Um, please follow us and write a review if you're liking the podcast. It helps substantially. There's there's so many podcasts. And if you really like this and go, hey, I like him interviewing and I like his style, please subscribe and write a review. It helps the show immensely. And we're a little show. We're like that little red caboose that could or whatever. Um, our handles are this. At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. And if you want to join Patreon, the lovable patron, all my patrons support the podcast. They give back something that really helps uh, in more ways than one. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you. Become a patron today. Uh, there's so many perks and so much fun. We do so many great things. Um, and last but not least, the Inside of You online store. Uh, you can get great merch, Smallville merch, uh, podcast merch, and go to sunspin.com, my band, and get some cool swag there. Uh, my band Sunspin, the album Never Is What It Is, is out streaming everywhere. So I'd love you if you could take a listen. But more importantly, we got a very important guest today. No, we always have an important guest. Uh, <laughs> Brent Spiner is, um, and Jonathan Frakes hooked this up. I think I might have met Brent a while back, but this was, uh, I said, Hey, could you get, and, and he, you know, emailed his buddy. They're good friends. In fact, they're going to do maybe a reality show, which I'll talk about on, uh, on this podcast. Um, and Brent says, yeah, have him email me. And he came, he came over and my dog Blanche almost bit him and she's never been aggressive with anybody. So thank you, Brent. Uh, no, this was a great interview and, um, there are, you know, he's got a lot to say about uh the picard show so a lot of uh cool responses from and also you know career and all that important stuff and dealing with life and um we cover a lot in this hour so i appreciate you thanks for listening please subscribe uh, if you like it and without further ado let's get inside of brent spiner it's my point of view Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. All right. Well, first of all, it's an honor to have you here. Well, thank you. I've, uh, heard, 
I've heard so much. I, I think I met you briefly at, at a con or something. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. hey, but you meet millions of people, right? Oh, I mean, listen, I, I'll never forget meeting you. <laughs> You're such a liar. Already <laughs> a liar. You and my mother would get along well. <laughs> liar. No. Well, thank um, the first thing you started talking about, and, and by the way, um, my dog Blanche was a little bit timid around you. It was yeah, weird. I was like, know. He's the I, nicest I, guy. And it's just, she's so weird sometimes, but she's like, she just has to warm up. I don't I, get it. I, I love her. And uh, yeah, what's with I'm hurt. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, if John Ham, your dog, that's my dog, John Ham. If I, if John Ham treated me like that, I'd be a little bit. He might. I mean, you know what's weird? He treats me like that too. Really? Yeah. He's like, mm, I don't know. Uh, do you have a treat? Okay. Well, yeah. a lot of people are thinking, did he just say his dog's name's John Ham? Yes. And you told me that story, but your 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 son, yeah. the, the dog was eating ham? No, no. The uh, uh, dog was a, a part of a litter mm -hmm. that uh, we adopted the dog from a litter that they had named all of the litter uh, with pizza toppings. Oh, made. right, right, right. And, and our dog was named Ham. And uh, we didn't particularly love that. But then my son went, oh, what about John Ham? Because Mad Men is his favorite show of all time. And so uh, I, we went, yeah, John Ham, good. And you've never met John Ham? No, I've never met him. But if you met him, would that be the first thing to break the ice? Is what you'd say? My dog's John Ham. Totally, that'd be the very first thing. Well, I might say, hey, we watched Fletch the other night. It was great. Was he in Fletch? Yeah, he was Fletch in the oh, new. Oh, there's a new Fletch. Right. Is it? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's he's. He's terrific. He's always good. Uh, and it's not great, but it's good. And it really has a real kind of 70s feel to it, 80s feel to it. It's it's really clever. They're, those are big shoes to fill, I think. You yeah, know, they are. Take on a roll. But, I mean, John Hamm, he's yeah. fantastic. He is. And I've met him a couple of times. My friend's really close friends with him from Mad Men, my friend Jay Ferguson, <laughs> name dropper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, he's just, he's, he's a, a guy's guy. He's just like, hey, man, how's it going? Uh, let's, uh, yeah. yeah, Cowboys, I uh, think they're going to win this. Yeah, he's great. I, I, I don't know anyone. Uh, I'm trying to think if I know anyone from Mad Men. Uh, well, well, I knew uh, Bobby Morris, but I don't want to drop names. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Zach Galifianakis. He had in between two firms, and he had John Hams. He goes, John Ham. He goes, do any? Does anyone ever call you um, John Sausage Links? And he goes, No, they don't. So you were on a show called. Um, he goes, um, Madman, Madman, Madman. He goes, Madman. Yes, he goes, and it was a story about sixty-year-old men. No, no, it takes place in the sixties. <laughs> I just remember that. That was a great show. It was. He's, oh my he's, God. There's nobody like that guy. Zach was, he's so funny. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's I did, hilarious. I did one thing with him. I did a, uh, what, what's a comedy uh, comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. You know that show? We Sounds did perverted, but. Yeah, no, it was a really funny show on Comedy Central. I did an episode and he was on it too. Do you do a lot of comedy? I mean, you did a lot of comedy for sure. I mean, you were like. Back and back in the day, you were doing. That's all you were doing. You were right. you were funny. You were. I mean, not that you're not funny, <laughs> but like you know, I mean, memorable parts like Night Court. Right. People always remember that, uh, right? Night Court, totally. I I can't tell you how many people say to me, uh, Bob Wheeler on Night Court. I, are, are you going to be on the new Night Court? Are you? Well, let me say this. They have to ask me, don't they? I can't just show up. <laughs> so no, no, and, no one's asked you yet. No, there was a thing uh, that was a, at the Critics Association this year. Apparently, I wasn't there, but somebody told me that they asked uh, Larroquette, uh, "Is Brent Spiner going to be on the show?" And he went, "Well, I'm not sure we could afford him anymore." And <laughs> you know, I thought about that, and I thought, 
Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, there's no such thing as scale in yeah. my world anymore. <laughs> I mean, do you do you do things still for I mean, you have such a body of work, you've done so many things. Do you still take on jobs that is it more like I, if I like the content, I'll consider it and it's not about the money or do you have to be paid? There's something that, you know, I want to be paid here. You know, it, I mean, obviously content is first. Right. I, I mean, not that I wouldn't do lousy shows. Uh, I <laughs> we all God have. Knows I have. We all have yeah. my career. I mean, yes. I've made some of the worst movies of all time. What but, movie is the worst of all time? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, they're they're almost classics. Uh, it, I, I did a movie that is a classic. I think in it's called um, Master of Disguise. Uh, oh, do you know that movie? Yeah, it was, uh, wait, was Dana it? Carvey. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. But I haven't yeah. seen it, but yes, Dana wrote it, and uh, it's it was uh, he wrote it for his two nine year old boys at the time, and right. and it truly is a film for nine year old boys. But uh, didn't it, do well. It didn't do well. But it was so much fun to work on. Isn't that funny how the worst yeah. movies, uh, you know, according to critics and whatever, and how well it does, yeah, um, are the ones that you had the most fun. I did a movie called Sorority Boys, and people love it. It's cult. And I had the most fun I've ever had on a movie. And I don't regret doing it for one minute. No. I, I think it's funny. Oh. My uncle thinks it's the funniest movie he's ever seen. He hates everything I've done. I, I, I understand. I love Master of Disguise in its, in its terribleness. But, uh, and, and it's... It was so much fun. You know what happened with that film? Uh, Dana wrote the film and uh, Adam Sandler produced it. And, you know, Adam has this group of people who work with him all the time and uh, his crew. And uh, he kind of looked around. And he says, uh, who wants to direct this movie? And uh, he nobody raised their hand. <laughs> and so he said, the DP, you want to do this movie? And he said, no. And so finally, the uh, the <laughs> art director said, I'll, I'll direct the movie. And so he said, okay, you're the director. And he was. And uh, the art director directed the movie. Yeah. The art director of all of Adam's films directed uh, Master of Disguise. And uh, <laughs> and I have to say, he directed very much like any wonderful director you've ever worked with. It was like, you know, he had ideas and he would say, let's try it again. And, you know, it was great. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, when we got in here <clears throat> before we were rolling, we talked about William Shatner and he just turned 92 years old. Yeah. And um, you said you just had dinner with him last night? Uh, Saturday. Or, or Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Are you close friends with William? We're friends. Bill? You Bill. call him Bill, right? I do call him Bill, yeah. You don't call him Shat? No, no. Uh, there is a famous <laughs> story, however, of, uh, you know, he famously, or uh, not so famously to, to people who don't know theater, but he, one of his big hits on Broadway when he was a young man was A Shot in the Dark which later became a Peter Sellers film. He didn't play that role. It was completely rewritten, but uh, it was Bill and Walter Matthau. And uh, apparently Matthau told me this story that uh, Judy Holliday came back afterwards and she said, this guy Shatner, is is his name in the past tense? <laughs> yeah, <that> was <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I do say that to my friends. I'm going to go take a Bill Shatner. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think he'd appreciate that. No, nah, I doubt it. But you know. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with Bill. And and uh, you call him uh, if I need to or a text. I have. I have done. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What would you and Bill text about? Well, one time <laughs> uh, somebody 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 tweeted me privately that 
uh, he had can't he had what do you call it when he he blocked them, and uh, yeah. and they were really upset about it. I'm so sorry, I but I can't. I, I don't know what to do. How do I apologize? Will you? I said, look, don't worry about it. He probably doesn't write those things anyway or have anything to do with it. And uh, and then I get this this text from him, or a, 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 and it said, not from him, uh, it wasn't a text. It was a uh, direct message saying, what in the hell is wrong with you? Why would you say something like that? And I thought, oh, my God, have I overstepped? So I called him, and uh, he happened to be in, and he came to the phone. I said, Bill, I'm so sorry. I you know, I didn't realize that was uh, I was crossing the line with that. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, oh. well, <laughs> and he, he didn't know anything about it. <laughs> oh, my God. So someone writing for him. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, no. what's he like? I mean, when you're hanging out and having dinner with him, I mean, I didn't even think I was going to ask you this question until you brought up dinner with him. Yeah. But like, is he fun? I'm sure he has endless stories. Endless. And uh, but he's also one of the most well-read people you'll oh, yeah. ever meet. I go to cons and his face is buried in a book always, uh, every time, always. Yeah. And and uh, he's so knowledgeable, he really is, and he's so interested in the world. I think that's why he's who he is now. Yeah. He's uh, his energy is unbelievable. Uh, he has way more energy than I do. Me too. And uh, he's. Uh, He's just a voracious reader. He's interested in all sorts of subjects, anything about, uh, you know, space, space, but the world, uh, trees, bees, birds, he'll read books about them. I mean, he's just a, a fascinating guy. Do you like having a friend who knows everything? Because uh, I have a friend who thinks he knows everything. My friend, Tom Lally, mm. this guy, I will say, you know, I'm, I'm, I might do this show and he's like, well, Hey, there's a show like that. I'm like, no, there's not. And we dig something up and that no one's even seen. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Yeah. He just knows. You can't say anything without him saying he knows something. I I, I know more than one person like that. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. and you don't hang out with them much. Uh, no, I actually do. Uh, but uh, it is tedious, I have to say. You it's know, a lot. Yeah. I like to have conversations and where no one knows the answer. It's well, sort of ambiguous. You know, uh, you'll find in this interview, I know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. Right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times, we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire 
and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. If you want to save money, listen up. <laughs> I don't know how, how to tell you this other than f- this really works. Ryan went through this. Mm-hmm. We have so many unwanted subscriptions that we forget we have. And, uh, you know, there's so many apps nowadays that we just get lost. And, you know, I'm not very app savvy. And, you know, I'll watch a streamer. And then the next thing I know, I forget that I just watched one show and I'm still subscribed to this after six months with rocket money. They take care of you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Why don't you say, did you know that nearly 75% and end at... Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Yeah, I'm one of those people, Ryan. And between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I could see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love the dashboard and how it shows me this month's spending compared to last month. I like doing that. Uh, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's simply astonishing. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Um, when you were a young boy, I mean, it was, I, I read this, I was just like, I don't know if you ever talked about it. Maybe I'm sure you have, but I know your father passed away when he was 29 years old, when yeah. you were like 10 months old. Right. It was that, um, it's something, obviously you weren't aware of no. having a father. So it was no, you have no recollection of anything at 10 months old, but, Correct. um, did it may, as you got older, when were you told by your mother that this had happened when you understood it? It seemed to always be an awareness of it. I don't know when she exactly told me, but, uh, I mean, certainly as soon as I could understand anything, I was aware that I didn't have a father and, uh, my mother was single. I had brother, and uh, she raised both of us for many years. Yeah, was was that something that you sort of found difficult, but didn't realize it was difficult? And it, you it, later on, you realized that it was affecting you a certain way, not having a father around. It, it didn't seem difficult at the time because my mother really uh, just dug in and did everything. Uh, my mother's still alive, by the way. How she's, old is she? She's ninety six, and she's close to ninety seven. And uh, wow, still sharp as a tack. Really? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. How and, beautiful is that? Does uh, she live close? No, she lives in Houston. Do you and, see her a couple times a year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As often as I can. And yeah. you talk to her how often? Every day. 
uh, because she calls you or you call I her. I call her. Uh, I, you know, it's it's she doesn't have a lot of you know doesn't have a lot of joy in her life right now because uh, uh, her husband uh, is not well and he's in a facility and uh, he's actually eleven years younger than her. And that was a big surprise to her that she would wind up having to take care of him. Right, um, right. But so so I feel like I can give her, you know, something to look forward to every day. And yeah. uh, it's it costs me nothing. And, and I enjoy talking to her because she's sharp and, and interesting. And, you know. Was she one of those mothers who never asked you for anything? Or was she always someone that was, buy me a house? Like no, no, no. Never asked for anything. Anything. Oh, you're so lucky. But when we were kids, she was like, you know, she'd play ball with us. You know, she'd go out and, you know, play catch with us and whatever we needed. Uh, she was a great mom. And she was always loving and whatever you wanted to do, she said yes. Yeah. She wasn't like, hey, the acting thing, let's go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. That's nothing. Totally, Never question anything. Totally supportive. Uh, even, you know, I, I mean, when I was first in New York, uh, I didn't have any money. And, um, so every now and then I'd call and I'd say, listen, uh, could I borrow some money? And, you know, uh, and she'd send me some money. And <clears throat> I would, you know, got to the point, I was, uh, can I you think I could borrow a thousand dollars? Because I had to pay my rent yes. and live and eat and all that stuff. And uh, she did it continuously until one day she finally uh, said, I said, can I borrow a thousand dollars? She said, I tell you what, I'm going to send you five thousand dollars. And uh, I went, what? Five, I'm rich. And she said, but that's the last money I'm going to send you. And you're going to have to either make something happen. Or, or invest yeah, in Apple. Yeah. <laughs> right. I should have. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or come home. There was a family business. And uh, I was- Furniture the, business? No. Well, that there was initially she was in the furniture business. Right. But my grandfather- my grandfather invented, uh, to my knowledge, uh, Frosty Root Beer. I don't know if you know, remember Frosty Root Beer. I think I do remember it. Yeah. But at some point in time, very early on, he sold the recipe and uh, kept the bottling. And so he, he had a big bottling and, and he made bottles and, and sold bottles and cans and containers was his thing. Was that a lucrative business? It was. He did very well. Wow. And uh, all of my family, except me, worked uh, for Texbury Container Corporation. And um, did they expect you? Did grandfather think, Brent, when are you going to do it? No, I, I think they thought, uh, what is he going to do? You know, but, but uh, no, so that everybody was pretty good with my going into show business. But, um, but this came, you know, finally it, it hit the wall. And my mother said, you know, you got to, you got to make something happen or, or come back and, and work here. Yeah. And uh, and fortunately, something happened, and uh, I started to work, and I didn't need to ever borrow another dime. What made you want to get into acting? Well, uh, I mean, you're in Houston, right? Yeah. And there's probably not a, is there a lot of theater in Houston at the time? There, well, the Alley Theater was in Houston. It was a well known regional theater in Houston, and uh, had great uh, directors and actors. Uh, and but I never worked there. Uh, but uh, I had a teacher in high school. Um, his name was Cecil Pickett. Uh, he was a brilliant man who encouraged a lot of people. Uh, my drama class at uh, Ballard High School, uh, with the people in my drama class were like uh, Randy and Dennis Quaid. And, you uh, knew them. Mm -hmm. And um, Tommy Shlami, Thomas Shlami. Yeah. You know? 
was in my drama class, Marianne Williamson, who's running for president, you know, again. Uh, wow. It was quite, uh, uh, but but it was all because of Mr. Pickett, because he had a real nose for talent. And if you were invited into the six period drama class, uh, that he was- He knew a, something was special. Right. And he was a wonderful director and teacher, but more than anything, I think he gave me a, a sense that I had something to offer. And I think that's what he did for for all those people I mentioned and others, many others. You know, it is, I've talked about this before, but it's, you have to have someone, someone along the way, yeah. whether it's one person or a few people that inspire you, that um, give you a, a, this confidence that you, you know, you build. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that, I don't know how you can do it without someone believing in you. How can you believe in yourself? Yeah, exactly. And if you're lucky enough to have someone like that, or a, particularly a teacher, uh, someone you already respect and admire that says to you, I think you're going to do it, you know, go for it. And yeah. I had a, a, you know, Dr. Bill Leonard, he's still at Western Kentucky University. I don't think he's teaching anymore. But I, I went in after, it was my senior year, and I said, yeah, I'm thinking about going to grad school for theater. And he goes, go to New York. I go, is there a grad school in New York? I'm sure there is something. You know, I don't really know if I can get in, in NYU or something. He goes, no, no, go to New York. I think you're ready. You, I don't think you should do that. I think you should go to New York. Yeah. What a blessing, right? I mean, if he would have said go to grad school, I would have gone. Yeah. And he just, yeah. I, I think if if uh, Mr. Pickett had said to me, uh, you know. No. Don't, don't, don't do it. I mean, there are other people too. Uh, you know, Brett Cullen? I do. I know the name. Yeah. yeah, Brett was there. There was a wonderful actor named Trey Wilson, who we, uh, was one of my best friends. And uh, he was in the movie uh, uh, Bull Durham. He played the manager in Bull Durham. Oh, my God. I loved him. Yeah. He was in uh, Raising Arizona. Well, he had that gruff voice. Yeah. And, right. he, and he had a craggy face. He, he looked 45 when he was 19. Like a Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Just always he, looked he, way older. He would have worked forever but he uh, sadly passed away when he was i think he was 39 40 what he was around his 40th birthday yeah and you were close friends oh very good friends yeah did you go to the funeral uh yeah oh watching your friend pass at that age it was one of the most that was still one of the most shocking events of my life the phone call i got from another friend in new york who uh said told me trey passed away i was like just knocked out. I couldn't believe what it. What did he pass from? He had a brain aneurysm. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, it was like gone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, he would have, he was so gifted and he would have done so much work. I, yeah. I think he did eight films <clears throat> the year he, he passed away. Grant Imahara was a dear friend of mine mm. and he passed a few years ago and he was mm. the smartest, sweetest man I've ever known. Yeah. And he had a brain aneurysm and it was just like that. Yeah. I met Grant. Too. Yeah. Yeah. What a lovely guy. Terrific. Right? Yeah. Terrific. Um, you, you know, when you're, when you're struggling in New York and you're doing all these things, what did you ever deal with any sort of like depression or just, you know, I'm not, I'm not I should just go back. I should do, or was it, did it happen uh, fast? It didn't happen fast. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was talking to my mother about this the other night, and I was saying, you know, I, she said she was like, I got to give you credit. You hung in there, and you, you know, and I said, well, you know, arrogantly, I, I kind of thought it's going to be okay. I always thought it was going to be okay, and uh, so I never really got depressed 
I got depressed about other things like being dumped by a girlfriend oh, or, yeah. you know, that's but, the worst. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it really is. It is. You know, the first time it, it happens to you, you think you're going to die. It's so painful. It's, but, I don't know. Yeah. You lose yourself. Yeah. You're like, what are you doing? I know. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You can't think. And then you hate yourself for going through that after. Yeah. You're going, what is wrong with me? Why can't I? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, the, the show business thing, I just, I just had confidence that it was going to happen. Or are you always good? Because I, everything, it seems like you always, everything you do, you, you always have a lot of lines. You always are, yeah. you know, boom, 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 boom. Ha, do you have this thing called a photographic memory? Can, mm -hmm. can you can you learn things really fast? No. But I, how I'm, do you play a guy like Data, a character like Data? Well, back in those days, uh, when I was doing it, you know, every day, uh, it, it is a muscle. And, uh, you know, it, you get better and better and better at it. it, it I used to have a, a deal with myself. I would go home after 16 hours or whatever, because uh, we were doing also 26 episodes a year back oh, then. Yeah. And um, I'd come home and I'd say, okay, let me, I'd open up the script and my stomach would turn over, you yeah. know, think, I could learn this for tomorrow. For tomorrow? Yeah. And, uh, uh, but I had to deal with myself that if I, if, if I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep until I could say it out loud one time perfectly. So I knew I could do it the next day. Did you ever have those nights where you didn't? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> and the I, next day you struggled. Well, there were a lot of times I didn't sleep. Let me say that because I had that deal with myself, that unfortunate deal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever did you ever tell the producers like, hey, mm -hmm. can you back off a little? Can yeah. you give me a little time to learn this stuff? I did have a I had there was a, the first season or two on the show. Uh, we were all working all the time. And then finally, the producers sort of figured out, hey, you know, each one of these guys could kind of carry a show. And we'll do data episodes. We'll do Picard episodes. We'll do Riker. You know, everybody had their shows. And uh, we would, you know, there would always be scenes on the bridge where, you know, we would all be there, and sometimes two, sometimes three. You know, it was always fun to see who you're going to work with that day. But right. um but one or the other of us would carry the show. And uh, I was doing a show. Uh, I, I don't remember what the name of it was, but um, it was my show. And so I was working all day, every day, and everyone else had done the first day, and they were off the rest of the time. Mm. And the day before we were starting a new show, and I was thinking, oh, thank God, this is going to be over soon, and somebody else's show. I get this script and they're like five characters. I'm playing five characters. And it's again a data show. And uh Oh so, I, I'm I'm getting anxiety. Really? So I, I I phoned the producer or one of the producers who was still there and I said, I can't I can't do this. I mean, this is how am I gonna do this? I'm still working on this show, and tomorrow uh, at some point in time we're gonna finish this and an hour later start the next show. And uh I've got five characters. I can't even read it, much less figure out what I'm going to do with them. And her response, uh, her name was Jerry Taylor, wonderful woman, wonderful producer. And she said to me, we have faith in you. <laughs> that was it. And I said, oh, okay. See, and, I wouldn't have hung up. I would have said, fuck off. Yeah. Well, I know. I can't. I, I cannot learn this. I, well, you know. You did it, though. I, I, I managed to do it. I mean, I gave, you know, I did it, the episode that we did where I play the five characters is an episode called masks. And, uh, 
I only remember that because I get a lot of feedback on it, but I do some of the most preposterous acting you've ever seen in your life in it. I mean, the other actors were laughing in my face at some of the characters I was doing. <laughs> really? Literally. And you didn't care? No. I mean, there was a there was a point, the last, when we finally got to the end of it, uh, <laughs> Patrick and I were in masks and uh, facing one another at two o'clock on Saturday morning. And... Uh, he was playing the god of the sun, and I was the goddess of the moon. <laughs> and we couldn't get through the scene. We were laughing at each other so much <laughs> that the crew hated us. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. Because they wanted to go home. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but we couldn't you control couldn't stop it. stop laughing. No. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences. Hmm in herself and she, because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly and and you know and and I I was like well this stuff works for me and what's great is I didn't even they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this um, have you heard of synaletics yet well listen it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger, I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic, Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Senoletic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Senoletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. 
but uh, I tried qualiacinolytic and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, quiacinolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Quiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that, and uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this, so that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Is he that much fun to work with, Patrick? He can be. He can be really fun. Yeah. And he could also, I'm sure, be intense. Well, yeah. It's dramatic. I'm sure you could all be right. intense. Well, uh, you know, I, I, to, to varying degrees, yeah. I'm usually the guy who, you know, I want to get my stuff done and get out of there. Yeah. After I've done a hundred episodes, right? In exactly. the beginning, it's, it's you know, but after oh, a while, yeah. it's like, hey, let's do our thing and let's get let's it home. Go. Yeah, uh, we've got lives. That's your. We intent. know. We know what we're doing. Exactly. You, were you ever like that? Uh, well, I, you know what? I'm not very intense or confrontational. You don't so, seem that way. So I, I, you know, would more like say, "Hey, everybody, let's finish this and go home." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, you know, I text Jonathan Frakes right before, <laughs> and I just said. Um, any inside scoop or questions for Spiner interviewing him in an hour? And this is what he responded with. Judy Garland, Joe DiMaggio, Stephen Sondheim, Brent, and Johnny show. <laughs> How would you sum up those four things? Well, where shall we start? Uh, was Judy Garland first? Yes, it was. Well, I met Judy Garland when I was 16. Uh, we had a brief. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That would have been awesome. No, no, no. Uh, it was just this amazing thing. And there's a photo I have of it that when you when you run this, you'll want to like put that photo up. Put uh, that photo up, Bryce. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I was in, in I think I was in uh, I was in high school, maybe my last year of high school or, or junior year of high school. And I uh, got a call to go to the principal's office in the middle of the day. And I was like, oh my God, someone's died. And, uh, or I did something horrible. And um, so I went to the principal's office, the principal of my high school, by the way, uh, Bel Air High School, uh, he was, his name was Harlan G. Andrews. And he was uh, the brother of the actor Dana Andrews and uh, another actor named Steve Forrest. The three of them were brothers. Uh, Dane Andrews, fantastic actor. Right. Um, 
best years of our lives. I mean, ah. He gives the best performance in that movie. Right. He's fantastic. Um, and uh, very underrated. But Harlan G. Andrews had white hair, lots of it, and uh, was craggy and handsome and uh, intimidating. But he loved the theater. He was a big supporter of, of all the shows we did. Uh, anyway, he said, uh, listen, uh, someone's coming to pick you up. you got to go home. And then that's when I thought, uh-oh, this is going to be bad. And he said, no, 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 it's not bad. It's You're going to like it. And so... I was taken actually to the Shamrock Hilton Hotel in Houston, which doesn't exist anymore. It's a giant hotel. In fact, it was the hotel that in the movie Giant, uh, it's the hotel that Jet Rink is opening. Wow. Um, yeah, James Dean. Yeah, of course. Anyway, great place. Uh, spent many years there in my youth. But, uh, but so I go in, I said, what's the deal? My mother's there. She says, well, we're gonna meet Judy Garland. And I went, what? Why? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my uncle, Ted Rogan, was a promoter of sorts in Houston and an advertising guy. And But he was a promoter and a PR guy. And he brought Judy Garland to the Astrodome to perform at the Astrodome. And um, her opening act, by the way, was uh, young girls called the Supremes. And, oh, um, man. Yeah. But there she was, and I was introduced to Judy Garland. And uh, were you I, starstruck? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, in my mind, of course, uh, I'm thinking Wizard of Oz. You know, but but she was a grown woman, and mm -hmm. and uh, very sweet, very nice to me. I mean, this jerky, nerdy kid, sixteen year old, and she took my arm and asked me, you know, talk to me. And I, uh, they took a photo of us, and she signed it. And it's it is kind of my prized possession to well, this how day. How is it not? That is, yeah. it doesn't get better. Than well, that. It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't you know? make any sense. It's no. like you know, uh, particularly now when you see Judy Garland and a young nerdy Data, <laughs> you know, in a picture together. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, it was thrilling. Uh, the second one is Joe yeah. DiMaggio. Yeah, well, I just told Jonathan this story the other day, and it's a lesson to all of us, and me and you and uh, anyone. Uh, but uh, my mother tells this story because she was uh, at a football game at Rice Stadium in Houston uh, one Sunday, uh, and she saw Joe DiMaggio. And she went over to him and she said, oh, my God, Mr. DiMaggio, it's so good. Could I have your autograph? And he said, well, yeah, all right. And she said, oh, I don't have a pencil. And he went, well, get a pencil. And yeah. she said, okay. She ran off to get a pencil and she came back and he was gone. And to this day, if you see, well, all through my youth, whenever the Mr. Coffee commercials would come on, my mother would say, oh, he's a terrible man. Terrible man. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't wait for her to go get a pencil. Right. And, or, I, and I think about that as, you know, <laughs> where fans are concerned and who want, you know, a, a moment of your time. And, uh, yeah. you know, I keep, I, I have to go remember Joe DiMaggio, remember Joe DiMaggio. You know what? I remember, you always forget the moments that, I mean, I, I signed a lot of autographs and I am always very, very kind and open and energy, energetic with my fans. And I love them. And I was at a football game where I grew up, a high school football game, my old high school. And it, it was when Smallville first came out, I was mobbed and I couldn't even watch the game. And I was signing autographs and blocking people and I, and it just didn't stop. And then I, in a joking way, in a sort of Chris Farley way, I just went, somebody came out to me, I go, that's it. 
I'm watching the rest of the game here. We'll talk later. <laughs> and I remember this kid just kind of turned and walked, like was not happy. Like, oh my God. And, and I go, no, 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 no. I was just, I was, I was kidding. And they left and I go, and I still to that day, yeah, still to this day feel like I let, I let him down. Well, here's the thing you, you need to know. That kid tells that story all the time. And He's a dick. Yeah, Not exactly. Kid, me. No, I know. I have this inadvertent thing I do. When the only thing, you know, I'm I'm pretty good with fans. I mean, if they come up to me and you know want you know a photo or an autograph or, or something, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the only thing it's when somebody goes data, you know, and and I'm like that because that isn't actually my name. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know what they mean and I get it and, and all of that. It's just like, but, hey, just say my name. But that's a fictional character and, and I am a, you know, a real person. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's understandable. My, my son and my wife uh, point out to me that I have this really unfortunate habit when that happens of rolling my eyes and going, oh. Here and, we go. Right. And and they say, why can't you be nice? Why do you have to do that? Why can't you just be nice? And I said to my son, well, why do you think what happened when, I mean, like if you saw Harrison Ford and you went, Indy or, you know, Han Solo, you know, don't you think he'd kind of, and he goes, I wouldn't do that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it. Some yeah. people just don't, you know, they yeah. don't get I hear it all the time. Lex! Yeah. In fact, this guy, right. um, he fixes my house, things that go wrong. Um, and he always goes, you know, um, he's Hispanic. And, I, you know, awesome. But in, in, in a fun accent, he's always going, Lex, you know. Lex Luthor, what are we doing to your house today? Lex. Right. It's I, always yeah. Lex Luthor. Mr. Luthor, what are we doing? I'm like, Jesus, I don't say anything. I'm like, I fine. Know. You know what? And he always asks for things. But, yeah, you yeah. know, here's a lunchbox. Yeah. Here's a, here's a, you know, and you just make people happy. But it's sometimes, oh, and then it's like, you get my brother and then his son. And then you, and it's like, all right. It's just part of the course. It, but it's totally understandable. And it is limited of me not to, to, to react to positively to it because it's a nice it's a good thing it's yeah, not a bad it's thing. better than them going who the hell no, are you i don't, I, I don't know you. yeah it, it is though those moments where who do i think i am really you know yeah so, i i do i do that quite often yeah um quickly on the stephen sondheim and the brett and johnny show right uh, i feel like jonathan's interviewing me right now really no 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 not at all he's he's <laughs> just know. helping these are yeah no no but I mean, yeah. look if they're not the, i know you work with stephen sondheim you're on did. broadway yeah uh yeah sunday in the park with george sunday in the park with george yeah it was fantastic i mean i mean he's a genius the legend, one of the he, big, probably the biggest legend in broadway well certainly the biggest genius of my lifetime in the theater oh yeah and uh, the fact that i got to work with him was unbelievable oh, um i uh I, I was so intimidated uh by his just you know greatness that i i hardly ever spoke to him and uh I mean, he he gave wonderful notes and and you know helped a lot with things. But what was he like? Um, great job, Brent. That's great. That's great. Do that. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, All right. no, no. He didn't really. He let the director do that. Okay. Uh, but uh, but he he did write some really terrific stuff that I got to sing and say and uh, but uh, and he was never you know unpleasant ever. Right. Uh, he's a really he was a really really good guy, um, but. Years later, um, a friend of mine, John Logan, really good friend who who wrote the screenplay of Sweeney Todd, uh, called me and said, 
uh, Sondheim's coming out to LA uh, and we're going to have lunch. Do you want to come? And I said, yes. So uh, I went to lunch. My wife and son came. He was very, very small at the time. And uh, Rick Berman, who produced Star Trek and his family, uh, came. And, uh, it was a big lunch. <laughs> well, it was his, his wife. Uh, there were maybe six of us. All there. right, right, right. And, uh, and uh, Sadam and I talked the entire time. We wow. had this great conversation. And you never really talked to Not the, really. Right. And uh, I learned so much about him. Do you know that, uh, do you remember uh, the TV series Topper? Uh, vaguely, I don't yeah, know I'm older it. than you, yeah. but uh, Leo G. Carroll, a great series, and uh, based on the film Stopper. And uh, I said, "Is this? Do you come out to LA much?" He said, "No, this is the second time I've been in years, years." I said, "What was the first time you came?" And he said, "Well, I wrote an episode of Topper when I was 19." And I was like, "What?" Oh my and, gosh! Yeah. To go from that to yeah, what he became. Yeah, but we had a really, really. A uh, nice conversation. And he said to John afterwards, uh, I, I can't believe I never talked to Brent when we were doing this show. We had such a nice rapport. He could have been best friends with Sondheim. I know. But years <laughs> later, uh, I'll do an addendum if you don't mind. Years later, uh, uh, my wife and son and I were in New York and we went to see uh, a friend of ours, Kelsey Grammer. Because uh, you were on Frasier. I was on Frasier, but I knew Kelsey from the workshop of Sunday in the Park with George. And mm. um, so we went to see him in La Cage Full. And what happened to Kelsey in, in Sunday in the Park was uh, I, he did he had this uh, moment. He was brilliant in the show, really great. Uh, but he had a moment that he kind of missed every night. And in uh, we got notes after the show in the workshop and the director uh who who was a very is a very talented man james lapine he uh he didn't have a vernacular then for talking to actors really he was new to the game particular and, and so he 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 couched it his note in a really unpleasant way to kelsey in front of everyone and kelsey blew up and said don't you ever talk to me like that in front of every and it became a really unfortunate moment so that when we went to broadway which was like Six months later, Kelsey was not invited to come. Because of and, that moment. Because of that moment. And um, mm. so, ironically, the week we started rehearsing Sunday in the Park with George, uh, Sunday in the Park with George, uh, for Broadway, uh, Kelsey got a phone call to go to L.A. to audition to play a character called Frasier on Cheers. So if he had been in the show. Uh, he wouldn't be Frasier. Right. So when we went to see La Cage Full all these years later, we went afterwards to a, a restaurant to eat and sitting behind us was Sondheim. And I said, let's go say hi. And he said, yeah. So we went over and he was friendly and great as he always was. And he said, Kelsey, you know, you really owe me a big favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He said, if we hadn't fired you, you would never have been Frazier. Oh, it's, my it's God. True. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you, I mean, did you ever think and were you sort of, well, first of all, there's this, this could be lore this could be myth yeah but somewhere i read that when you were doing your contract for data for the movies yeah which you did four movies right that you put in the contract that i'll do this but you have to put me in another movie every each time is that true well uh, the first movie uh 
I, I felt I had some leverage because, uh, which actors rarely have. Yes. You know? So when you have, I mean, you particularly use actors of my stature, rarely have. You know, right. um, me too. You know, uh, but uh, I, I, they had a contract; they had it all worked out, and I didn't really want to. I knew we had to start shooting immediately because the script was already written. We finished the series and two weeks later started the, the movie. And so the negotiations got really intense. and Really uh, fast. Yeah. And, and basically I said, look, I'm not doing it uh, unless, uh, you know, I make X amount of money. And more importantly, I get another role. I only did that once. Uh, that there has to be something that's not Star Trek. Uh that Paramount Pictures is doing right now. And uh, so they, they, uh, you know, it, it, it's a long story, but it turned out I, I, I got that deal. I was the first, you know, it was the first, maybe an only deal I ever got that I wanted. But, um, but they, there was a clause in it that if they didn't find another movie for me to do, uh, they had to pay me off, you know, some nice figure. And as it turned out, they they did not find another movie for me to do or want to find another movie for me to do. So they just paid me. See, I thought the movie was maybe Independence Day. No, but in, in fact, before that all came to a finish, I had already gotten Independence Day. So I didn't really care whether they found me another movie. I, at that point, I thought, well, then just pay me and that's fine. Was that probably your biggest payday, that first one? No, and I guess not, because the ones you did sequentially, those became paydays. <laughs> right. They're going to give you a raise on each one. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool that you have a series and you think, okay, I'm on a TV series. And back then, <laughs> if you were on TV, it didn't, you didn't cross over to film. Never. Now it's like that you could do whatever you want. You, right. could do, you could be a YouTuber, reality star, be a movie star all at the same time. Right. I don't know if you could be, I call it a movie star, but whatever. Yeah. But, um, the fact that Star Trek, they wanted the movie version with the TV cast, is probably blew you guys away. Well, there'd already been a precedent for it with the original cast. Oh, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. And they had so done you films. always thought, I guess you always thought that. Well, we thought... Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the you know Inside of You online store, and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, 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 it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. 
Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside all lowercase shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by factor i love factor meals ryan do you know this yes why do you know this because i've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some and you've had them and i've had them and you love them i do because i asked you every time Mm -hmm. um Look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, it's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's, it's perfect for my lifestyle. And I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Once we were quote unquote successful, that maybe there were movies in our future. Mm-hmm. And, and indeed there were. I was so upset when we did Smallville. I thought by season three or four, they'd do a movie of it. And I was like, come yeah. on, come on. It'd be great. Everybody would go see it. It's the height. And uh, they should have. And, and people would you. have gone. <laughs> My son, by the way, wanted me to tell you how he saw every episode and loved really? it. Really? Oh, oh, oh I got to yeah. give him something just for fun. Yeah, exactly. How about a small autograph lunchbox? Um, how about your Saturn Award? Ooh, I, we no, both have Saturn Awards. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. there was a segue, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a good segue. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I sort of have a Saturn Award. Why? You know, I was uh, nominated for a Saturn Award back in the day uh, for First Contact, the film First Contact. I was up against myself that year for uh, (laughs) Independence Day, uh, the first Independence Day for supporting actor uh, in both cases. And um, uh, 
you know, and there were there were other people nominated too, but uh, but I did win for first contact, and so I won a Saturn Award. But I was in New York at the time doing a play, and uh, so my managers, my then managers, um, accepted the award, or took the award, and they kept it in their office. And when I got back from New York, they decided to split uh, uh, and go their separate ways. So before they broke the office up, I said, uh, well, can I have my Saturn Award? And to the guy I was going with, I went with one rather than the other. And he said, I, I don't have it. Oh, I'm no. sure it's still in the office. So I called the other guy and I said, hey, uh, do you still have, you have my Saturn Award? He said, no, I don't have it. And- uh, What? Yeah. So you don't have your Saturn Award? No. It's missing. Why don't you call Saturn's Saturn people? Well, you know what? I, <laughs> the Saturn I, Association of I've hinted. I've, they've asked me to present. So uh, give me an award that I'm and, due. And I've told them this story, and they. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, but they've never said, "Oh, well, we'll give you another one." But you know, I got a really weird phone call one day. Uh, it wasn't a phone call; it was an email from someone, a, a female who was an attorney in Australia, <clears throat> who said, "I have your Saturn Award." do you want it and i said how do you how do you have my saturn award she said well um your somebody my cousin worked for your managers and uh he, he you know, i wound up with your saturn award and i said well yes i want it and uh, i never heard from her again um please if you know any information on yeah. brent spiner's saturn award please <laughs> great p.o box <laughs> yeah you know uh I have this thing I want to do uh, if I'm ever, you know, on stage at the Saturn Awards again. I, I have this idea that I want to say, listen, I tell this story that my Saturn Award disappeared. And, and I'm going to say, I know who took it. I know you happen to be in the audience tonight. No names. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> but what I'd like right now is for all of us to go out into the lobby, everyone in the room, 10 minutes. And when we come back in, I want that Saturn Award to be here on, on the dais. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and then I want to say, okay, let's go and see if everybody goes out with me. I, I was hoping if you presented the, or you got the award and you were there to accept the award, <laughs> you would have said, I want to thank all the wonderful actors who are in the category, me um, <laughs> and me. Right. Well, I've always resented myself for winning that award, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, how difficult was it to say goodbye uh, to Data on the first season of Picard? I mean, uh, 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 at this point. No, it wasn't difficult. I didn't even think I was going to do it. You know, it was just fun to come back and, and have another shot at it. Uh, it was, yeah, it was. Were you nervous? How no, many years had it been? Uh, I don't know, 30 years, maybe. Or, or are you a little nervous? Can I still years. do this? Can I, am I, or any, or you're like, I could just fall back in this. <sighs> you know, I, I, I didn't know really if we could still do it, but, uh, the first day, uh, I shot was, I shot with Patrick and we were, uh, on a stage playing, uh, checkers or chess or something. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but, uh, uh, we looked at each other. We go, this is both very strange and not strange at all, all at the same time. Yeah. It felt very natural. And this third season of Picard of working with all of my friends, again, people ask, you know, was that un weird or strange or difficult? Or It wasn't. It was, you know, it was very easy because we, we know each other 
really well. We're all friends. That's what Jonathan says. It was yeah. hard for me to believe that you guys just all really enjoy each other. You yeah. you travel together to do cons yeah. or you do uh, you know a cruise and you do right. other or we have lunch or we just talk on the phone or we you know we see it's each other all the time. Still that easy. Instead, yeah. you didn't get sick of each other. No, not at all. Was there any one person that you can't mention that was a pain in the ass that you don't talk to that much? Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, to a person, uh, we're all friends. And that's kind of great. Yeah. I love that. Do you love being directed by Jonathan? Very much. Uh, primarily because he's a very good director. Uh, but we do have a secondhand, I mean, a shorthand sort of thing. You know what he wants. You're like, I got it. I got it. I know what yeah, you want. Exactly. Right. And uh, that's, that's nice. And to I'm have comfortable that. with him and he's comfortable with me. And so, yeah, I, I love working with him as director. Um, is there anything about this, the, the, the uh, stunt that you did that you talked about in some interview or some that was that terrifying that's worth just talking about briefly? Well, I can tell you, yeah, John, and that was Jonathan directing uh, because I'm, and what I'm, was he directing? What was it? It was uh, it was uh, First Contact. First Contact. Yeah. Movie. And uh, they needed me to there was a scene where I was on a we were in a missile silo. Patrick and I were and uh, Alfrey Woodard is shooting at us from below and. I say to Patrick, I'll take care of this. Or I say to Picard, or Data says to Picard, I'll take care of this. And I jump off the platform and go sailing through the air down to the floor where she shoots me in the chest to no avail. Right. And uh, uh, I'm terrified of heights. And even when we were in this missile silo, just standing on the platform, I was terrified. Uh, and Patrick has no fear of heights. So he was bouncing just to you know make me nervous. But anyway... Uh, the stunt guy did the fall, you know, the jump, and he jumps through the air and uh, lands on the ground, and uh, it looked great. And um, Jonathan looked at the dailies, and he came to me, and he said, uh, "You got to do you it. You have to do it. Yeah, you can tell it's him." And I was like, "Oh God!" So what they did was it, we're in a sound stage, and you know they're very, very high, and they rigged me up in a halter and everything, and basically had to take me up to the top of the soundstage and drop me. And uh, so they said, we're going to take you up just a couple of feet so you can feel what it's like. And I said, all right. So they took me up a couple of feet. Well, I was ready to throw up at that point. That's the, you know, I don't like, I mean, for me, height, when I say I don't like heights, <laughs> I have a problem with standing. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, sitting is semi-comfortable. I prefer to be laying down. Right. But uh, so... I, I, they took me down and they said, how was that? And I went, it was horrible. And they said, okay, we're going to take you up a little further so you can see what it was. And I said, no, no, just let's just do it. Take me all the way up because I'll, I'll, I'll lose it if you keep doing it in increments. So they took me all the way up to the top of the soundstage, many, many feet. And there was a guy on a catwalk because I was doing this in the wind. Uh, they took me spinning. I've done yeah. that. Yeah. So they took a like I had a pole and Stuck straightened me out. Yeah. So that I would stop spinning, <laughs> right. and then they dropped me. And oh, yeah. uh, it you know the hydraulic kicks in just before you hit the ground, so that he slows down. And um, uh, but I got into the right frame of mind for it. I just decided to you know get into the character. <laughs> Just play the character and and think about my you know intentions and all that and uh and I did it and the the crew burst into applause the stunt guys came over and you know gave me a hat and you know it was and then Jonathan said I think we have to do it one more time 
But that was. <laughs> Oh my, that's my God! And that's my friend Jonathan. That's you know? Jonathan. Yeah, mm-hmm. something you hate, he's going to make you face your. Maybe he did it on purpose. I'm going to, I'm going to help him with his fears. But exactly. you still have that fear. Yep. Oh, totally. Uh, I love that you, you do. You're kind of like in. What's the word? Where you, you just you're versatile. You do everything. It's like it's almost like you have so many passions. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, not only do you do Broadway, TV, movies. But like you wrote a book, you wrote the memoir, yes, and that's how, that just came out like two years ago, right? A year ago, a year ago. Uh, and where can people get this? And uh, on uh, Amazon, Audible, bookstores. Do you sign uh, a lot of cons? I do. Uh, fortunately, that means they bought it. Yes. But uh, uh, the Audible version is, I think, really good if you like listening to books yes, on tape. Yes, because Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Michael Dorn, LeVar Burton, yourself, Marina Sirtis, is that right? Yeah. And Gates McFadden, they yeah. all are. They do themselves. They do their, they voice yeah. themselves. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, it was a wonderful experience writing it. And um, uh, I had the. A wonderful person named Jeannie Darst who helped me with it and a great writer. And then get that on Amazon or wherever. Yeah, exactly. Or do you have a website? I don't. You don't? Mm -hmm. Are you on Instagram? You are. Uh, I am, but I haven't been there in a while. I'm I'm, I'm getting real social media shy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you tell me something that happens in season three that we won't air until it happens? I play Data again. What a reveal. You, you yeah. become data again. Right. Everybody thought it was a goodbye. Yeah. That was it. Well, I've died twice, you know, uh, and, and and very likely will again at some point. Not in episode, I mean, season Were three. Were you surprised or did you know all along? Oh, well, I knew. I I mean, the Terry Metalis who uh, wrote and show ran the, the, and directed the last two episodes, uh, you know, we, we talked about it before we started. Can we do this? Can I get away with this? How do I do this? Because data is different when you see him again it's a different data wow yeah was it cool to play yeah it was it was it was like really can i pull this off because he is different he's um he's not he's he's you know there was a thing roddenberry i'll say this really really briefly but from the very beginning roddenberry said uh here's what i want from data i want him to get as, as the show goes on get closer and closer and closer to being human and by the end, still not. And that continues along this thing because he's, awesome. he's much, much closer to human, but still not. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me about the Brent and Johnny show. Yes. It's uh, yeah, the Brent Johnny show. It is in the works. We're, we're kind of formulating it right now, but uh, we're going to do it. Uh, and it's basically a reality show. Uh, it's it's kind of a cross between uh, oh I don't remember Jonathan has a whole list of shows that like Pickers and things like that that it's similar to because we're basically on the road uh, but it is uh, it, it, you know you you know what cameo is right yes yeah well it's kind of the ultimate cameo uh, in that you know people write in and cameo and they want uh, a video, video. You know, little short video right. greeting or Happy, birthday something or Happy birthday yeah, anniversary yeah pep talk yes that yeah, sort of yeah. thing uh and this is sort of the ultimate cameo because uh we we don't just send you a little video we come to your house and uh what? and it's kind of make a wish only and crossed with pickers and uh you know and we help you with do things that you want us to do dirty jobs uh what you know whatever you need us to do we'll do we'll come we'll be there with you we'll you know we'll do whatever you want and wow. uh, yeah. If if this goes and it's a big success, yeah. 
if you do a season two, do a celebrity version and I'll, and I'll call you to have oh, some. Well, you know what? In fact, uh, our idea at the moment, I don't know how this is going to work out, but uh, the idea is obviously we're going to do the wraparounds for the whole thing and host it and do most of the episodes. But we we also are going to ask other people to go in our stead. You know, if somebody wants somebody else like Michael Rosenblum. Uh, Baum. Bloom, you could be Bloom. I, people do that though. Bloom, Bound, uh, Berg, and I'm like, I'm not your rabbi. You know what? I said this last night to my son, and he said it's Rosenbaum. You know, yeah, but everybody messes it up. It's, 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 you know, I'm so what sorry. if I called you Brett Spiner? Uh, they do. They do. People or how about do. Brett Spinner? Spinner. Or how about spinner. Data? Oh, yeah, exactly. But I, there's a whole story on that too. I, I love that story. Next yeah. time, but go, yeah. yeah. So, for, so, so Brent and Johnny, we may be calling you and saying, "Hey, Michael, do you want to do one of these with us?" Yeah, great. And so that's it, and and that's what we're coming to your house. And uh, there is a a, uh, a website. I mean, a, a, an email, Brent and Johnny Show. That's J O N N Y. Brent and Johnny Show, one word at gmail.com. and. Uh, Send us your requests, and oh, if boy. you need us to come for what reason, and you know, you're gonna get it. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get a lot of responses. Yeah, that, and then we get to pick the ones we want to do. Right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, this is rapid fire. You answer like quick question, then we're done. Ready? Yeah. This is uh, my patrons. It's shit talking with Brett Spiner. Yeah. Um, uh, my patrons, Patreon.com/slash/talkville. If you want to support the podcast and help us out, we love you. Uh, Rousey, when you first read the script for your character on Night Court, what did you think? Uh, a piece of gag. I've been doing that character in, in Houston, Texas all my life. And so I thought, can I do this? And they hired me. Leanne, what has been your favorite and least thing about playing Data? What makes him so likable? Uh, my favorite thing about playing Data uh, was, uh, you know, he's, he's who wouldn't want to play Data? I got to be this wonderful, accessible character and all kinds of other characters that Data played at being. Uh, so it was a it was a limitless character. Nico P, what was it like joining Will Wheaton on the Big Bang Theory uh, where each you each got to play yourselves as characters? Great. The easiest job of my life. It took me longer to get there than it did to actually do the part. <laughs> <laughs> Little Lisa, do you have any fun stories you could share when you were filming Independence Day or just a brief one quickly? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, again, I, I, I worked with my friend Randy Quaid, uh, who I'd, uh, I'd known since we were in high school together. Right. And uh, there came a moment where I, he was on camera and I was off camera doing something that the director told me to do. And he stopped and went, God, stop. You've been doing this since high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you, uh, Maddie S., can you share any crazy memories from the Star Trek fan cruises? Any one memory in particular that comes out? You know what? There's nothing crazy. They're they're actually very nice. The fans are very lovely and and respectful, and we get to hang out with tons of our friends who are on the cruise, and we have a really great time. Oh man! I mean, how's your life now? How do you feel when you can look back? Are you able to kind of every once in a while just go look at look at this? Yeah, look at this kid from Houston. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like that. I mean, you know, it's it's all kind of it's a double edged sword with one side being incredibly great and the other side being eh, a little. And that's just that, you know, being known for a character in particular uh, is nothing I ever dreamed about. You know, I, my idea of, of what I wanted to do was as many things as possible. And I've done a lot of things. And that's the good side. Uh, it's just that the association with one character by so many people 
it's a little, you know. Sure. Yeah. And, and you have to think, though, it's so rare for someone <laughs> to embrace a character universally. Right. That you think, how is that going to happen? I'll just All play right. different roles and they'll like it and I'll be able to. But it's like this. Boom. Yeah. Everybody knows you. You are that. You yeah. are awesome. Yeah. We love you. And it's great. And it's awesome. But it's like. You're uh, you're a thespian. You've always done theater. You've always wanted to do theater. You've always wanted to explore and do all these things. So I get that. Yeah, I mean, and and I think sometimes, like uh, in terms of doing other films or, or TV things that I haven't been cast in, that you know, it's either because they say no, that's data. Everybody will think that's data. Well, that's that's actually the upside. The downside is it's just you know you're lousy. That's why we didn't <laughs> cast you. Uh, mm. Listen, you promised you'd, you'd come back. Indeed. I love this. You're yeah. so easy to talk to. You're, oh, there's so much to, else to explore. Um, Can I throw one more question in? Because I go, you got to hurry. Well, because my friend Rudy, I, he, I told him you were coming, and he freaked out. He sent oh, me a thousand oh, questions. Oh, if it's for Rudy, sure. <laughs> yeah. So this one's for Rudy. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll just pick one. Uh, what's the most valuable lesson about humanity you learned from playing a non-human, <laughs> trying to be human? But to, I, I, gosh, that's deep, Rudy. <laughs> that's a little that's too, too deep, deep Rudy. You know, I was just trying to learn my lies. Yeah, Rudy. <laughs> So I can go to sleep. All right. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite data heavy episode then? Uh, mm, I would t- name some. Uh, he, his, says, <laughs> his, his says his is the one where there's a trial about uh, whether data qualifies about being being a living being. Right. That was called Measure of a Man, and that was yes. that was a really excellent episode written by Melinda Snodgrass. <laughs> my maybe my favorite is The Offspring because Jonathan. It was the first thing he ever directed, and actually my book fan fiction is. Uh, <laughs> kind of set a, a, the offspring centric you'll you'll see what i mean if you read it fan right. fiction mm-hmm. a mem noir a mem noir a mem noir noir yes i mean you get the audible and listen to all these amazing people yeah you'll enjoy it i, I know I, you will. i'm gonna do it yeah i'm gonna do it in my car all right that didn't sound right yeah <laughs> this has been an absolute joy i already love you uh, i'm gonna uh, message you to see how you're doing and this will uh this will air i'll let you know you'll let me know yeah we'll be in touch okay Thanks for doing this. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, you're easy to talk to, too. Thank you. And uh, you, all you want to talk about is me. Who doesn't want to do that? I, I <laughs> know. Well, I, I like it. I yeah. like I like. Next time, story. let's talk about other people. Yeah. You know? Then we're really like the Hollywood scene. Exactly. That's what we do. We talk about others. Exactly. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. 
In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required, free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Com, promo code inside. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code inside. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Such a uh, a good dude, and I love that story about like his kids are like dad when the guy's like calling him out or whatever. That's what I was thinking. I actually too, have yeah. a name, <laughs> um, you know, and it's true. It's like you know, hey, it's, like, it's like, but it's just I, I I've heard it all the time. So people just deal with it differently, and some mm-hmm. people get annoyed. I, I'm, I remember there was a time when I was I got annoyed. People go, "Hey, Lex," you know. It's just you know, it's par for the course. But you know, I mean, you like it because ninety nine percent of the fans don't. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Michael, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, you know it's it's you know I've learned to just take everything in stride, and I think he has too at his point. He's got a big, way bigger following than I do. Um, but I really appreciated that conversation. It was fun, wasn't it? It was really good. Yeah, it was very kind of him to answer all the questions. There was there was a lot of uh, yeah, Star Trek questions and yeah. And he didn't have any problems. He just no. uh, I think he really enjoyed it. So, um, thank you, Brent Spiner, and please subscribe if you dug it. That's all I'm going to ask and write a review and all that stuff. And Patreon, join Patreon today, patreon.com slash inside of you. Join the other patrons who are supporting the podcast and keeping it afloat. If you're, if you really dig it, you want it to stick around. Hey, uh, I got you. And now without further ado, you know, what we should do, Uh huh. you know, what we should do right now. What should we do? We should read the top tier patrons. Okay. Do you think that's important? I think so. I mean, that's part of the perks. 
It's part of it. If you're, it, <laughs> listen, if you're a patron, you're going to get your name. If you're a top tier patron, you're going to get your name read off. As well, you should. And maybe we should keep that accent through the entire run, or is it going to get kind of boring? Oh, let's see how it goes. <laughs> Nancy D, Leah S, Little Lisa, Kiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Ross C, Joshua D. Now you can get a little bit. Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jamal F, Janelle B. Mike E. Eldon Supremo. 99 more. Santiago M. Chad W. Leanne P. Janine R. Maya P. Maddie S. Belinda and Dave H. Sheila G. Uh, Brad D. Ray H. Tabitha T. Tom N. Liliana A. Talia N. Betsy D. Chad L. Dan N. Alert message. <laughs> Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Camille S, Joey M, Eugene, and Leah, Corey, Heather L, Jake B, Megan T, Angela F, Mel S, Orlando C, Caroline R, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, and Emma R, Andrew R, M, Zatoichi, Oh, 77. Andreas. I don't know. I don't know. And right. Oracle, Karina N, Amanda R, Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jorel, Jim and J, Lee N J, Luna R, Cindy E, Mike F, Stone H, Miss S, Brian L, Katie B, Aaron R, Kendall L, House of Joel, Meredith I, Prof. Dr. Scoots, Charlene C, Kara C, Mary R, Kyle F, and Marisol P. Those are the top tier pod uh, patrons. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the support and the love. I will do a top tier uh, Zoom sometime in the near future. Also, a, a, a YouTube for the patrons is going to come up. We do a YouTube live. I like to play songs, and they tell me what to play, and we they ask questions, and it's kind of a fun thing. Maybe you should join me on one of those. I would love to ask Ryan anything. I accidentally walk in on some of your sessions. Yeah, you and do. Then I joined for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. Five minutes. And they love it. They love it. Live for about five minutes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We love you. And uh, I couldn't do it without you. So from the Hollywood Hills in Hollywood, California, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen. Weird wild stuff here. We got a great show. And uh, thank you. Thank you for kindly listening to the show. And um, be good to yourselves. Good night. <laughs> Was that a decent Johnny Carson? Yeah, because, I mean, to me, the, the Johnny Carson I hear is the Dana Carvey impression. So I think that's pretty close. Yeah, it was uh, so cold last night. How cold was it? It was so cold I saw Robin putting his worm in the microwave. <laughs> Weird, wild stuff. See you guys. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.